Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Green Tech Make, a podcast series around e-commerce and tech in particular. In today's episode, we will discuss M-commerce and why e-commerce brands should care about their mobile experiences in 2022. And for that, we have invited a very special guest, Matt Hudson. Matt, hi. Hi. How are hi. you? Very well. I thank you. See you and talk to you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Likewise, thank you for joining us. Um, just a little bit for our audience about uh, Matt. Matt started his journey in software engineering when he was 12, sold his first website at 18, has been an e-commerce mobile app architect, consultant and mentor since, and has just recently launched Buildit, a native e-commerce platform for mobile apps. Congratulations, Matt. Thank you. It's a long haul to get here, so I'm very excited. Oh, lovely. Um, so shall we delve down into the detail? Uh, Absolutely, let's do it. The first question is, look, it's 2022, and with legacy after the pandemic and all the e-commerce boom, it seems like many e-commerce businesses have mobile apps. So why, in your opinion, is this topic so popular? Why is this so? Well, um, there's a few things about that. Number one, uh, only about 25% of e-commerce companies have an app. They do seem ubiquitous, I think, to technologists like me. Um, mm -hmm. When I joined, um, you know, Belk uh, many years ago, um, I was surprised that they were just getting an app. And so even though that feels like it's all around us, national brands, many mid-tier brands don't have an app. And even some large tier brands don't have an app, especially DVC. Um, but I think the reason why it is uh, a hot topic and is coming back in 2022 when really the genesis was 2016 is partially because we're seeing a behavioral shift. Mm -hmm. And that behavioral shift, I think, is an important one to understand because just because companies talk about um, a particular topic as uh, kind of a trend, um, for an example, you know, the metaverse is now a very trending topic, yet there's not a lot of companies selling in the metaverse. Um, for years, it was augmented reality um, or even mobile in 2016. But the truth is companies take a long time to catch up and behavior of customers takes even longer to catch up. What that means is that even e-commerce is actually a relatively small percentage of overall transactions compared to the store, but we all feel e-commerce, everyone has e-commerce on the web. So uh, what happens though is that customers experience desktop many years ago, or even during the pandemic for the first time, older customers in particular, they become used to it, they like it, now they're users. What has happened over time is those users then ship to mobile web. And we saw a lot of customers shifting and suddenly companies saying, oh, 50% of my traffic or 25, 35, 45, 50% now, 60% of my traffic is mobile web. Those customers then shift to the even better experience of mobile app mm -hmm. every holiday. So they shift from desktop to mobile web, from mobile web to app, and then they stick in that area. Now, what we'll see is in the next 10 years, desktop will continue to decrease, mobile web will continue to decrease, and then mobile app will also continue to, uh, to, to increase. And before you know it, the technology will shift and change with it. So there's sort of this funny little tale, which is everybody talks about it. It's really popular. It's like QR codes. It feels like it dies. Nobody talks about it. And then boom, QR codes and mobile yeah. apps are back. 
Well, they really didn't go anywhere. It's just that the users kept caught up and realized that the great experience of Starbucks, the great experience of Amazon, et cetera, that they've now been coached to utilize also should be in their Macy's, Belk, uh, Kohl's, or any other mid-tier retailer. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like you train the users uh, to, to send them to your best experience. And I think companies are looking for new ways to provide incremental value. And mobile app is its own channel marketing wise, experience wise, and the technology really suits bringing people into stores. So for retail, I think it's an even bigger boom. Mm -hmm. Make makes sense. Thank you so much. And what's the um, difference between native mobile apps and PWA? Ooh, and why would my you... favorite topic. I know. And why would you vote for a native mobile app? Just well, curious. you know, it's funny. I don't actually vote for a native app. Uh, a lot okay. of people take my take on PWAs as sort of fighting words, if you will, you know, like I'm at a battle for PWA. Actually, what I'm a battle in uh, is for the truth. And the truth is everyone needs a PWA and everyone needs a mobile app. And if costing and technology were not inhibitors, then companies would have both because the web will always be there and PWA is the best web experience. But the, the, tr the untruth that I am battling is this mythological idea that PWA on its own is some set, sort of replacement for mobile app. Uh, PWA is great, but there's two things about it. First of all, PWA is not particularly easy to build. You need great technologists like the GrinTech team as an example, um, or some of the others that are, that are out there. Many IT staffs do not have the talent to build a great PWA. And by that, I mean a progressive web app, that uh, is a single page application that is extremely fast, proper caching and all the infrastructure in place to make it feel you know, like the fastest experience possible. So as a customer advocate, I think PWA is great. You should have one. In fact, it should be the baseline. Everybody should have one. If you're still talking about responsive, and what you what did you say earlier? It's 2022, people. We're on we're we're going to Mars and we're still talking about should we use 20-year-old technology? Yeah. Get with the program. PWA is the baseline. Native app is for your most loyal customer that wants to come back to you, that wants a very fast experience because they're coming back often and shopping with you. So, yes, only maybe 20, 30, maximum 40 percent of your customers may be on mobile app, but they're your biggest spenders. They're the ones who don't want to log in every time and they want the fastest, best experience. Mobile app is the fastest, best experience, hands down, because Apple and Google have provided the frameworks for doing that. PWA is good. It's not a replacement. Mm -hmm. You should have both. And hopefully you can find affordable ways to implementing both. And one of the things I'm lobbying at Build It is, hey, we can provide you a killer mobile app for a reasonable cost that's, mm -hmm. that is not an inhibitor for you having that channel. And what would be your tips for getting the most after, out of your mobile app? You've mentioned a little bit about marketing and maybe we Absolutely. could go with functionality. This is this is a, a really big key, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you're and if you're coming to this um, you know podcast looking for something to take away that is extremely valuable, I'm going to give you two or three, maybe four things that are important. Um, the first thing is that having an app. Uh, on its own is not going to benefit you. If you build it, they will not come. Um, you must encourage users, incentivize users, and market users to download that app. 
Now, what you have to realize is that's an investment in a relationship with them. Once they have downloaded your app, they tend to want to come back to you. If your marketing links open up your mobile web and they don't open up your mobile app, then why has the user downloaded your mobile app? They have asked you, I have a mobile app, I want that experience, and yet you open up your mobile web experience. Maybe they don't like your mobile web experience. Maybe they're tired of logging in and the mobile app should not require them to log in. Um, they're your premium customer. They're gonna spend more money. They're gonna convert more. They want to talk to you. If you don't have an app, you're missing out on them. You're missing out on that market, that whole channel. If you do have a mobile app, but you're not opening it, you're alienating that customer. And I know that sounds really harsh, but it's true. Uh, customers will go, why is this opening up You know, the app? Can you imagine if you clicked on the Instagram logo and it opened up the Instagram mobile web? Most customers don't even know Instagram has a mobile web. I, I personally hate it, <laughs> to be honest. Exactly. You don't use the Facebook mobile web or the LinkedIn mobile web. You use the LinkedIn app. And if it, and if the LinkedIn app opened up the web, you would go, what is happening? And But yet we somehow act like it's totally normal to point our email, our um, you know Google PLAs, our display ads, et cetera, to our web. Whereas the return on ad spend uh, for a marketer like you, as an example, is going to look at uh, a, what they call ROAS and say, mobile app ROAS is much stronger. It's much better. And so once they realize that, once you have built an app and your marketing team realizes the benefit of opening up mobile app with uh, the ROAS, they are going to start pointing everything they can at your mobile app to increase incrementally their revenue. And so um, that's really the opportunity that people don't see. Organizationally, you need your marketing team to buy in. Mobile app's not an IT thing. It's a marketing thing. It's, a, uh, it's an engineering thing. It's an agency thing. It's a merchandising thing. The Chipotle app, to talk about an American customer, provided their quesadilla in their mobile app. First of all, I love that damn quesadilla, and I literally downloaded the Chipotle app just so I could get that thing. The reason why they do that, though, is because they want that relationship. They want to create that relationship, and what they know is once the customer experiences mobile app, they'll come back, and it creates a stickiness to their brand. So I would encourage teams to understand, look, don't just think about how do I build a mobile app. Think about how do I bring that customer experience in to the entire customer set. If I have a store, I need to show people in the store to download the app, right? The people, the, the associates in the store should encourage people to download the app. Your marketing should point to the app, maybe even download the app. Your marketing campaigns should drive downloads or opens to the app, as I mentioned. Um, your IT team needs to know the app has got to be fast. Your checkout should be fully native. We mm -hmm. saw increases in conversion, uh, significant number of basis points above normal traffic and especially mobile web checkout when we created a fully native checkout. And what I mean by that is one that they don't require login, that I can select my address by automatic, select my uh, shipping, uh, I'm sorry, payment method automatically, mm -hmm. and it should be fast and responsive with gestures. Those things alone will drive your revenue in multiple factors over the years. We saw 2x growth, 3x growth, 2x growth, 3x growth, and through the pandemic, even higher to where we were tripling every year and budgets increased because everyone was like, whoa, why is app growing so strong? Because we brought everybody into the mix and pushed, pushed it and gave the customer the best experience. 
Uh, and I was also wondering when talking about uh, mobile apps uh, in terms of pricing, you know, if we look at a very basic one or uh, the one with mm. some kind of an advanced version of it, uh, this is one of the questions the audience might have. How much would it cost to build an e-commerce? Much of the cost. Uh, That's a hard question. So there's a lot of answers to that question. So let's talk about it in, in different pieces. Mm -hmm. First of all, I always suggest if you have not launched an app to do it incrementally. What I mean by that is I love native checkout, but if you have to launch an app and start growing it with a web view checkout, then that is what you have to do. And it's okay. Initially, you're only going to have a small number of users. So you grow with the you grow the experience with the number of customers. So the first thing is start somewhere. Get a mobile app out. Now you need to be able to do the basics, browse, check out, search. Don't alienate your customers by providing a marketing app that just provides, you know, what promotions are there. Provide them some utility, scanning products if they're in the store, scanning products, you know, if you, depending on what kind of app you're, you're, you're doing, but scanning products. Search is a huge one on mobile because the customer has what's called a mobile moment, which is basically a two minute time span when they're in the drive-through at McDonald's or they're in the line at Starbucks or whatever. And that's where they are doing this time or, or maybe they're on their lunch break. Um, do people get lunch breaks after the pandemic anymore? Uh, questionable. <laughs> I don't know if two people do lunch breaks anymore, but you know, if they're on their lunch break, they're uh, spending a small amount of time browsing. And by the way, that's the time when they go to your app is because it's right there in front of them. They see it. Um, so you got to capture their attention in two minutes. Search is a big one. Providing products at the very top, boosted, right there on the home screen. Good marketing that actually sends them to the proper product details pages or PLPs. Um, what promotions are happening, coupons, things like that. So provide them a really good utility, number one. Get that out. Understand the feedback from your customer. Watch your reviews. Extend it. You know, go out and add more uh, products, more utility. Add native checkout. I, I would say native checkout should be a fast follow. It's a hard build, um, but if you do the initial, you know, you can come in. I would say below a hundred thousand dollars for the initial if you can. Mm -hmm. Now it's tricky. It depends on who you are. If you're a mid-tier retailer with a small number of products, that's far different than a billion-dollar retailer with you know millions of products. There's a wide variance there. Some companies spend millions of dollars a year on their mobile app, but what build it exists to do, and I think in, in a lot of ways, companies like yours exist to do, is provide great engineering, great uh, a set of known standards, um, e-commerce packaged up. In our situation, we provide a content management system and a mobile app together, and that can cut those costs in half. It can cut them drastically in half because we've done all the legwork. Just like when you build a, you know, Shopify website or a Magento site or a Commerce Cloud website or SAP Hybris website, they pretty much give you a working website to start. Mm -hmm. Then you create to GrinTech and say, hey, I want, uh, you know, I want uh, Val to do a killer design for me, right? And uh, they do, and then you put it into the solution that they give you. That's how our product works is we get we have the same paradigms as those web solutions where we give the front end to the team they edit it they work on it they design it however they want they add features to it your team can do it obviously it can be whatever design you like and then roll it out with a content management system and then we host it so all of those things save money the other thing is your technology choice now i'm a big native guy but i also love react native 
For e-commerce, I strongly suggest React Native, mainly because of the savings by having a React web team be able to work in your React Native app, and obviously the benefit of Android and iPhone together. Now, if I was building a killer game, I'm not gonna use React Native, okay? But if I'm building a container app that users are used to, that the, the paradigms exist for, I'm gonna utilize React Native. And by the way, it's a very mature platform. It's extremely fast and development is much faster. Um, unfortunately, sometimes it means you need less engineers, but that's actually a great thing for customers because they get more faster and people start to realize if I can deliver a release in every four weeks instead of every six, then I'm gonna actually do more for that. Sure. And so in the short term, yes, it decreases you know, hours, but in the long term, it delivers more and more and more. And so for e-commerce, I think React Native makes a lot of sense. Now, if you're doing a charting application, whatever, native is the way to go. Whatever you do though, limit the number of web views inside the app. There's obviously places where it's appropriate, like maybe around security or maybe around your password or things like that. But um, if the more native you can make it and the faster you can make it and the more beautiful it is, and if you use the guidelines that Apple and Google have given, you will see users respond to it. And what they will say is, I'm just attracted to using the app. Um, the fact that I don't have to log in on app by using persistent local um, caching, you know, for things like uh, tokens mm -hmm. is extremely valuable. What that means to regular folks out there is there's a reason you don't have to log in on Amazon. It's because they know you and it lives on the device. That paradigm doesn't exist on web. That's why you have to log into web all the time. And that is often why people like using app um, because of things like that that are just a little easier and a little less frustrating in their daily lives. And if we talk about the future a little bit, so what is yeah. going to be like for mobile apps in the next few years? I want to see penetration grow. Um, that's what I want to see. But I think that some of the sort of fun technology things to talk about that are interesting, um, augmented reality is obviously gaining some traction. I think there are certain use cases for it that are, that are great, like, um, you know, furniture and things like that. I don't think that it's going to be everyone needed or anything of that nature, mm -hmm. uh, but I do think it's interesting. Um, I think app clips is really going to be cool. It's going to take a little while to catch on, but the idea that I don't have to download a mobile app and I can still get a really killer, uh, fast, beautiful mobile app experience by tapping a QR code or clicking a link. For those that don't know, um, like if I send a link for like a TikTok, um, uh, if I send a TikTok over iMessage and I don't have the app, that's an app clip. When I open it up, I can see the full video. That's a miniature version of the app. And I think that's going to be a really great way to introduce customers to your app. So I'm anxious to see if it picks up a lot of traction. Um, what else? I mean, Apple comes out with new things all the time. You know, the new passwordless system that Apple and Google and Microsoft have come out with, I think is going to be super exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, there's probably a bunch of things. Those are those are my favorite ones, though. Matt, thank you so much. Seems like we've covered all the points we planned for today. It was an absolute pleasure. Well, I got a question for you, and oh. I ask everybody on my podcast. It's innocuous. Don't worry. Oh, um, so everyone on my team, I ask them this question to see where they fit. Uh, it, it's a silly question, but it's fun. So, uh, do you like creamy peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter? Crunchy peanut butter. You're you're my girl. That's uh, it. Yes. Team crunchy. Yes. 
That's all. That's all my question is. I like to ask it. It's fun. Lovely. Thank you so much, Matt. Hope to see you soon again. We'll definitely do something else. Absolutely. Talk soon. Thank you.